to the cold classic podcast cameron jones here along with my co-host jordan jones uh we're on to the second one uh should be no surprises here we're moving on to the dark knight batman returns what what <laughs> oh i did the wrong second one but i think it should mesh uh christopher nolan's 2008 the dark knight one year after bruce wayne unleashes batman on gotham city it continues trying to clean up the criminal underworld with the help of District Attorney Harvey Dent as well as Lieutenant Gordon, when a new villain, the Joker, makes a proposition to the mob underworld to kill the Batman. The city of Gotham is once again plunged into chaos as villains become emboldened by the Cape Crusaders theatrics. Will Bruce be able to save his beloved city or will it be torn apart by a madman? The Dark Knight. He couldn't save Rachel, <laughs> could he? Directed by Christopher Nolan. Starring Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Aaron Eckhart, Michael Caine, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gary Oldman, and Morgan Freeman. It's one of the best character villains of all time, if not characters, in the last, what, 40 years? Yeah. It's Batman Begins, but better. The best of all three movies, arguably, but not too arguably. I think most people would say that. The Dark Knight. Cast and crew. This should be familiar. Uh, so we might go a little fast through this one for more information. I mean, see, Batman Begins, the movie we did before this. But uh, once again, directed and written by Christopher Nolan, also written by Jonathan Nolan, his brother. Uh, what Was there anything else he did in between this and Batman Begins? There was, there was something. Uh, just the prestige, I think. Oh, okay. Well, just that great movie. Also with Christian Bale uh, and Michael Caine. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, it's got his crew. It's a really good movie. I mean, it's a great movie. Will I rewatch it? I don't know. Um, it would be on the Mount Rushmore of two movies that are the exact same made at the same time. Yeah, got this Paul Barbar Cup. You know, whatever. <laughs> We've done this a million times, but that's definitely on there. Who thought you need two early nineteen hundreds, eight late eighteen hundreds uh, magician movies? Hey, I did. I've been saying it for years. Uh, we also once again have Christian Bale. Uh, you should know who he is by now because he's a megastar. But I mean. Again, go see the first episode, but the Newsies... Hey, I'm going to say it again here because I've really thought about this since last week. Mm -hmm. Ford versus Ferrari is a really good movie. It's Check a great it movie. Ford versus Ferrari, American Psycho, American Hustle. Uh, I mean, just a bunch of... He was in one of the, the Marvel movies. He's been in You know what's a movie... It's weird, though. Between this, he did some of those... What's that, Dragon movie or whatever? Uh, Courage oh, Under Fire. Reign no. of Fire. But that was, like, yeah. that was way before this with Matthew McConaughey. No, I'm just saying bef before this, there was some kind of in-between which way is it going to go. And then he became like a really good dramatic actor. Mm -hmm. But during that early 20s something stage, you know, he was kind of in flux. Uh, we have Heath Ledger playing the Joker. Maybe someone we didn't think would become such a serious actor after... Things such as 10 Go Things I Hate About back You. back and listen to our 10 Things I Hate About You. Do we do Night's Tale? I think we've talked about it a bunch. I don't know if we've done it, but A Night's Tale might be my number two favorite movie from him, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's very I, I, I'm trying to think. Well, the thing that happened with him is he passed away so young yeah. that, you know, there's only like really like 10 movies he's in, right? It's not like an absurd Well, amount. like great ones. I he, can he, tell he, you my least I mean, favorite. He was somewhat of a child actor. I mean, go back and see The Patriot. He plays Gabriel. Uh, Brokeback Mountain 2005 is kind of when he started really getting acclaim, maybe more no, more notoriety for his acting. Well, I believe after Night's Tale, he made a conscious effort. We we'd probably talked about this on The Patriot and didn't do a movie for like a few years to like kind of reframe him as a serious actor mm -hmm. and did The Patriot, which I still love. Um, I'll tell you what was a big miss for me, and it was a lot of expectation management. Kind of came around just before this. The Brothers Grimm really did me wrong. I don't know what I was. It was maybe my fault. It was my fault. And I apologize. I mean, listeners of the podcast should know. It's, it's come up many times, but... uh. It's not that bad. I watched it recently. Also, Monuments Men watched it. You uh, talked it so bad that uh, one one terrible for me. One terrible. 
Didn't hit for me. I had such high expectations. Uh, we have Aaron Eckhart playing Harvey Dent. Uh, before this, I only knew him from Thank You for Smoking, if you haven't seen that. 2005 film. Pretty funny. Uh, he's also known for Rabbit Hole in the Company of Men. He kind of recently, I feel like, been doing a lot of uh, military-ish roles. But, I mean, he's got a square jaw. Yeah, he has a very square face, so I get it. London has fallen. Uh, he's the president in those, I believe. I will say this. When I see him in something... I like him. Yeah, he's he's charming and nice. I don't know if he's always the best actor, but he's likable. Uh, thank you for smoking. It's a, an entertaining movie, and oddly enough, own it on DVD. Oh, nice. Since it's, I thought I, it's, uh, I, I used to. I it think. was during the time when I bought DVDs, and that that came out, and I was buying them. Uh, we have once again Michael Caine playing Alfred. Uh, I mean, once go back and see our Muppet Christmas Carol. We keep talking about the prestige, the Cider House Go rules. Go back and watch our mis- listen to our miscongeniality. Uh, I don't remember if we've done the Austin Power movies, but Austin Powers 3, he's hilarious in that. We'd like to, but you get it. It's just too many jokes. Yeah, you don't want We're us just, just quoting a bunch. It's just going to turn into Chris Farley. Like, you remember when this happened? And that's maybe what our podcast already is, but <laughs> why, why throw gasoline onto the fire? You know what I mean? Uh, we have Maggie Gyllenhaal playing Rachel. We had a recasting in this one, interestingly enough. Uh, you might know her from Crazy Heart, Frank, or The Secretary. Uh, I've watched Crazy Heart a bunch, and I've got like four of those songs on it. I really like that movie. That's what, um, if if he didn't kill himself in A Star is Born, that's what would end up happening. Just be in his <laughs> 60s and an alcoholic, and, and, and uh, a has-been. But I also really, that one of my favorite movies, or one movie I really, really enjoyed that has Maggie Gyllenhaal in it, is Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, you sure do love that movie. Go back and watch that. It's whimsical. It's good. It's it's creative. It's fun. It's got a good, strong cast. It's got Emma Thompson, her, Will Ferrell, and uh, Dustin Hoffman. I'll give it another go. Uh, she's, of course, sister to Jake Gyllenhaal and the daughter of screenwriter and producer Naomi Fawner and director Stephen Gyllenhaal. Uh, comes from a, a, a movie family. Gary Oldman is playing Officer Gordon. If I were to guess what Gary Oldman movie we do next, uh, well, it'd probably be a Harry Potter. But take away Harry Potter, it, it, it might be Air Force One. Oh, yeah. Have we not? No, we haven't. Maybe we have. No. Check that out. I think we've said get off our plane a bunch. Maybe that's good enough. Uh, Tinker get Taylor, Soldier Spy, The Darkest Hour. Oh, you know what? For Halloween, we might eventually do Bram Stoker's Dracula. That also has Keanu in it, so I could see that hitting a couple fancies for us, you know? Yeah, but we don't want to do Keanu dirty like that. We're here to celebrate, not drag down. But you know who Gary Oldman is, Sirius Black, sure. JFK. I think last but not least, we're just going to do Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. Shawshank Redemption, Driving Miss Daisy, Seven, um, Bruce Almighty. I don't know. It's You know who Morgan Freeman is. You don't know. You, yeah, we don't, you we don't need to go. If you listen to movie podcasts, you got it. And more importantly, just go back and see uh, the first episode. We'll have a little more detail for some of you. Uh, but that's probably good enough for this. Let's move it on to Unverified. 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 Welcome to the Cold Classic Movie Phone. It's July 18th, 2008, and currently in theaters you could have seen Hancock with Will Smith, Jason Bateman, and Charlize Theron. It's not a bad movie. It's Can not I say great. This? concept a superhero that's a drunk and doesn't want to do it great Mm -hmm. a little bit deadpool in in some capacity yeah but that whole fallen angel charlie's theron like love interest yeah it got a little weird two halves of a movie conceptually i like it the mummy tomb of the dragon ember with brendan fraser and jet lee it's number three guys and yeah, didn't Let's hit, but it was it. kind of the last movie Fraser had. Be- Fraser had before he he, he disappeared. Like but the whale, I believe he had like a back injury from that. But I I don't remember it. Maybe I'll give it another go. I'm sure he's just he was in that land of the lost around this time as well. That's kind of on the downfall, right? Journey to the center of the earth with Brendan Fraser. Also, oh, this my month. apologies. <laughs> uh, Journey to the center of the earth. You know, I believe uh, the Rock took over the franchise. I think I saw that I was working at the theater when this came out. I believe because I also saw Hancock. Mamma Mia with Amanda Seyfried and Meryl Streep. Uh, I don't hate it. I've seen it a few times. I don't know if I've seen it. I've seen bits of it, I think. Step Brothers with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. 
a movie I didn't love at first, but grew on me, and it does have a lot of good quotes. Yeah, that one actually was a slow build for me. First time, I didn't... I mean, I got the funny parts, but I didn't get how funny it was, and it, it definitely grew on me. What's his name? Scott, whatever. He, he, the the stepbrother in that. Adam is, Scott. Adam Scott, and that is hilarious. It's maybe the funniest he ever is. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, with Ron Perlman, Selma Blair, and Doug Jones. I got no skin in the game, but it seems like they've never gotten it right. Uh, the first no, the first two were fine, kind of. They were okay. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't hate them. I liked the first one better, I think. Lost Boys, The Tribe. So, you know, just a sequel, just a random, but I think Corey Feldman's in that one, though. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Too bad. Swing Vote with Kevin Costner. This was kind of before his comeback. This was just like a random movie in there. He actually made like a string of movies around here that nobody saw. I remember Mr. Brooks was one of them with Dane Cook. Yep. He made some movie where he was like, it was like the Coast Guard with Ashton Kutcher, and then he was kind of a ghost at the end of it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then like two more action movies. I don't know. Oh, some really weird mo- God, why am I doing this? Um, is this brag? <laughs> is, this feels like a problem. I think it's because I was at, working at the movie theater. There's something called like, it's not Mr. Robinson, but he like dates Jennifer Aniston and her, he's the real life. The book, the, the movie, The Graduate, is based off him mm-hmm. and then her mom. Gotcha. So that's a movie. Okay, cool. But you chose The Dark Knight. Uh, well, do you have the budget on this one? I'm sure it did great. Um, yeah, I have the budget, but my box office is kind of all over the place. Okay. So the budget was $185 million, mm-hmm. And I think to date, the box office has made $1.6 billion, Okay. Or about $1 billion. But I don't know, like... Which is crazy. When that stopped. Uh, just off of this also, obviously it made more money than Batman Begins. Uh, its entire domestic run in only six days of its release. But this was the first comic book movie to reach the one billion mark worldwide. Obviously, the Marvel movies. Wouldn't be the last. No, took over. But for a second, this was like the biggest thing since, you know, sliced bread. Yeah, it's weird to say, but it, and this is no insult. They don't feel like comic book movies. They feel like movies. Yeah. That the source material is comic books. Yeah, Does I agree. Sense? Yeah. Uh, uh, we had a fun oh, fact in uh, the last episode about uh, the Batmobile scaring citizens. Again, on this one, while filming a chasing on Lake Street, the Chicago Police Department received several calls from concerned citizens stating that the police were involved in a vehicle, pu- in a vehicle pursuit with a dark vehicle of unknown maker model. So it, g- it got a bunch of calls in again, but this time people didn't think it was a UFO. If you see something, say something, right? You know? <laughs> you know. Also, okay. if you're really scared, you're like, I'll call the cops, and hopefully that thing doesn't terrorize my neighborhood. Yeah, true. Yeah. Christopher Nolan was introduced to Heath Ledger in the initial auditioning process to play Batman in The Batman Begins, but Heath Ledger wasn't interested in it, so Christopher Nolan said, oh, well, we had the meeting, you know, I'd love to work with him, but it, it probably won't work out. Mm-hmm. And then Heath Ledger, after seeing the script to this, uh, The Dark Knight, Reached out to Christopher Nolan's like, I want to play the Joker, and I've got a great idea how to do it. And that's how that happened. Uh, we did not mention it last week, but he was one of the uh, possible recasting options. There were a ton of them, and we will go through it uh, at the last movie. Uh, but we will have some just Heath Ledger lore here, obviously. It was his last movie. Uh, his family has had some clarification. A lot of people think that it was kind of this role that caused a decline in his mental state, but they've stated that he he enjoyed filming The Dark Knight. He had a blast, but he had a long history of using uh, sleeping pills and other other prescription drugs that could have been a harmful mix, and they, they warned to him. To me, before. it seems like he probably was just a casual drug user, and he took the wrong cocktail, and it killed him. Yeah. Right? Well, it seems more like sleeping pills and things, too, is what got him, kind of. But Like he had an addiction? Well, we don't have to speculate here, but like, it, it doesn't seem like the role drove him to No, it's, uh, in fact... Uh, Aaron Eckhart has a famous quote where he's, you know, the scene in the hospital where he has his face burnt and the Joker's there kind of giving him his monologue and getting yeah, him to turn on the, it. to get him to turn the evil side. Uh, well, before that, when he's just muttering and pacing, uh, that was all just improvised. Heath Ledger was just in character and he was just muttering. And then when he charged Aaron Eckhart, he instinctively just like worked, working off of him, like kind of tried to punch him and got grabbed. And then uh, when Heath Ledger backed away, he broke character finally to say, yeah, that's fucking acting, man. <laughs> so it seems, um, it seems I, I don't like know if he's a, a method time. actor. I don't know if he's a method actor, but uh, from what I understand, he's he stayed in character, not like necessarily 
acting like the Joker, but to keep the voice mm-hmm. and stuff like that to stay in the mode, he he stayed in character like that. Uh, just a little more on it. In preparation for the role, uh, Heath Ledger hid away in a motel for about six weeks, during which he did uh, an extended delve into the psychology of the character. Uh, he was devoting it to every tick, uh, the laugh. Uh, his main thing was just, you know, not wanting to betray Jack Nicholson's 1989 performance. He wanted it to take more of a punk rocker, Sid Vicious, Malcolm McDowell characteristic from A Clockwork Orange. I've, I've seen most of the Kubricks, but just for whatever reason, I've been putting that one off. I don't know why. Uh, another just fun thing about his portrayal of the Joker uh, in the documentary, I Am Heath Ledger, uh, his vocal coach, Gary Grinnell, said that he had to continuously lick his lips because the prosthetic kept wearing off when he spoke. So he just ended up incorporating that into his performance. With the, That's why he has the lick thing. Oh, it was really just because cool. the prosthetics kept falling off and he was fixing them. Nice, nice. Seems like they should have uh, had better prosthetics to fix that with their budget and the s- scope of this movie. I can't imagine the licking would hap- help it, but maybe they fixed it. And he's like, oh, I got this thing I'm going to do. I'm gonna, well, I've, I've started like the licking already. You're going to like it. We talked about the infamous Christian Bale growl increasing in this movie. Uh, contrary to popular belief, it's not just him doing it, though. He, they, uh, he, he had a much more toned-down version during filming, but in post-production... They they made it a little grittier and roughed it up, and they they added effects to it. Oh, so you know, you know wasn't, rubbed wasn't some just, people the wrong way, but it doesn't bother me that much. Uh, I remember when we saw Batman Begins, we we both commented like it would have been nice to hear the Batman theme at least once, and I believe you don't hear it in Batman Begins, but the theme is heard twice in this movie, and it was meant kind of like for foreshadowing. But I can't exactly remember hearing it. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really stand out. Uh, we talked about this in the first movie as well, that before shooting, Christopher Nolan showed the cast, the movie Blade Runner to say, this is how we're going to make Batman. Uh, f- the first four days of shooting, Christopher Nolan took everyone to a theater where he showed them Heat, 1995, Cat People, 1942, Citizen Kane, 1941, King Kong, 1933, his movie Batman Begins, 2005, <laughs> Black Sunday, 1977, A Clockwork Orange, 1971, and Stalag, Stalag 17, 1953. Well, that's fun. Yeah. And I think that, that comes across here. What are we thinking? About two movies a day? Yeah, that breaks up nicely. Uh, yeah, it depends how much Christopher Nolan talks about him. I could see one or two of those being like, stylistically, we're going for this, but it seems like he wanted to have some fun movie days. Yeah, it seems like a... Uh... Chemistry building thing, you know, a workout in a few. Uh, also, similar to the first movie, Christopher Nolan oversaw every shot, and there was no second unit. Uh, with exception, though, uh, Heath Ledger, all the ransom videos he made were directed and made by him. Oh, I think it. I I, I hope to remember to talk about those. Well, I'll just say it now. Those really are um, scary. <laughs> scary. Yeah. They're scary. They're really creepy. I don't, I don't like them. They're, they're very frightening. Yeah, I have more to say on that later. Uh, okay. What do you think of this? In one reference of the script, they were going to have uh, Robin being ra- uh, related to Rachel Dawes, and maybe that was how they were going to link it into the third movie. But Christopher Nolan didn't want to get tied into that plot line and then have people's expectations. And then, ironically, he did just do it anyway. Yeah, but I don't think you needed to tie it to another character, you know? No, if you especially Robin, if she's like a make-believe Robin. character anyway, and she has, he has his own lore, just like, why, yeah, why mess with it? No, I think you're good. Because then you would have had to write a bunch more. Hey, it's Rachel and Dick. You know, they're here. Uh, the last fact... And that's not being me being mad. His name's Dick Grayson, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the last one I have, but uh, this was the comic book movie with the most uh, Academy Award nominations with eight before, funny enough, being beaten by the Joker with 11. It's just this character, man. People like obviously Heath Ledger won posthumously mm-hmm. for best supporting actor. Uh, this was his last movie, but uh, after his death, it was it wasn't finished. But they did release the ingenious. Oh, what is it? It's like Mr. Cornelius, the genius of the untold story. Anyway, I did see that because it was his last movie, and then um, for the last portion of the movie, I believe he saw shot the first half. Yeah, then they had like four used... other people. The Imaginarium of Doctor Panarsis. Yeah, which. Not, not my cup of tea. You know, it wasn't, sp- uh, but, it wasn't supposed to be his last. No, no. Yeah, it would have just been one nobody remembers. Yeah, but instead, that's what it is. Uh, or very few remember. I think they used, like, Jude Law, uh, 
Johnny Depp and maybe Colin Farrell. I, th- I thought there was a lady in there as well, but I can't remember. Maybe that's Kate Blanchett. Well, no, I'm thinking uh, something else with Kate Blanchett. Well, let us know if there's any other fun facts we're missing out there. Again, this is a Christopher Nolan movie with big actors, but also go back and see Batman Begins and check out some of those fun facts. But we're going to move it on to questions, comments, and animosities. Questions, comments, animosities. QCA. Uh, First off, I just do love the openings of this movie, of the, especially the next two movies, this one and the follow-up. But just a fun bank heist, nice introduction to our villain. Um, yeah, I thought about this, and I didn't go into super great detail, but it is one of the most exciting openings in modern day. You know, it starts with the bank heist. It sort of reminds me of, even though we're getting introduced to the villain, mm-hmm. in a similar way we get introduced to Indiana Jones in, um, you know... In the action, it's happening. This is your character. So even though this is a Batman movie, and it a bad feels guy, like it's, but yeah, I get that. It feels like it's the Joker movie a little bit, right? Yeah, kind it's of. It's such I mean, a cool did... way to get introduced to him. Well, I think maybe even especially after, I mean, his passing. That well, one, it was just a great performance, but it, it is very centric on his character. And I wonder if it would have been so much beforehand, or if it got pushed that way a little more post. You know. Well, I feel like he he died shortly before it came out, but they had to probably have it quite Most edited it. and yeah. finished it by then. Um, do you remember this? Do you remember this though? When it announced that it was going to be him, and when they showed the first like just his face with a black like dark background, mm-hmm. people were like, "I don't think that this is good casting." Like, I'm pretty concerned that this won't work. Yeah, people were not that? feeling it initially, and they were talking of recasting, like not seriously, like the film, but the the, the public. But how wrong they were! Yeah, everybody's like, "There's no way that anybody can redo Jack Nicholson's role," and you know, no shade to him, it got completely outdone. Yeah, well, t- totally different. It's yeah, it's nobody's fault, but. Uh, there is one animosity I have to say with the openings, and it's really any of the expo- exposition, and it's usually the villain's dialogue to catch us up to speed, but like, I hardly can fly. Have you heard about the Joker? When we get like, it's just bad writing, kind of. It's so, cheesy. Cheesy delivery. That's that's an animosity that people have in large part with um, Christopher Nolan as a screenwriter in general, that he has large expedition. You know, just pretty much telling us exactly what we need to know. Mm. I'm fine with it. I don't give a shit. He does a lot of other cool stuff. It doesn't throw me off. I'll tell you what I have an animosity about with the characters. Mm. Hey, dipshits, if you're all told to kill everybody, maybe you, you should two and you two know, together. not get killed. Yeah. Nobody, nobody at all. Like, one guy slowly put it together, but... I mean, I guess, uh, you know, it's like... They're dumb, I guess. So they're they're dumb brutes, and it is kind of how the cartoon sounded with those thug characters, but it's just cheesy. It's just cheesy delivery, and I hate it those moments to to me i mean there there are some like things that you just have to let go in this movie like is it the best like you know story and plot line for every character no but is it still an awesome movie yeah and sometimes shitty dialogue happens yeah that's true you have to overlook it but i mean past that it's great it's just really the opening when we're kind of setting setting it up again it's just a little shitty uh question we did ask this in the last movie what's up with the narrows it's been about nine months, supposedly, and I don't think they really mention it at all, other than saying it's been nine months since the Narrows was destroyed. I can tell you what. Hmm. We didn't go back to it this one. They're like, yeah, it'll work itself out. We didn't see any Narrows. It must be ungodly there. People just running around mad. And I know that Gordon got a promotion sometime in this movie, but I'm pretty sure he lived in the Narrows, right? Mm, possibly it just a tough commute or it, it he looked, lived in what looked like the slums looked pretty dirty yeah it didn't look great over there but you know i don't know if he was there oh just one quick shout out to the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. um i love uh william fitchner he's the oh, like the, the bank yeah. manager he really adds a lot just like if you can get down like that in such a small role it's gonna add to your film and that's just proof that it does True. and it was the same as the last one that we were saying it's just such a star-studded cast for every character that you know it delivers um, so how much do you want to talk about how good Heath Ledger is? As much as you want to. I mean, I just had a comment saying Heath Ledger's great in this. Um, I think what's so good about it is, and I thought about this is he could have ruined the movie, right? Yeah. Like he went so hard in the paint and committed to his portrayal of the character, but it, it, it 
completely made the movie. Oh, 100%. I think if you take him out of it and you really look at the story, it gets a little muddled in a lot of places, but it's all forgiven because of his character, to me at least. No, I 100% agree. And it, like, he's funny at times in it. Like, there are generally scary parts, like his ransom videos. Which, question about that, how much can the news stations show? I feel like they shouldn't be showing those ransom videos. Seems like Gotham's like, whatever, let it rip. You guys have seen worse. You, <laughs> You've on, seen on your worse. Walk have to you work. been to the Narrows? <laughs> it's crazy yeah, it's, down it's, there. It's, a, it's a bad place. I don't know. I, to me, the question is always, you know, when do you move from Gotham? When do you hit, when do you hit the suburbs? Maybe try a new city. Like, uh, you know, we got past, like, uh, the one mob boss and one supervillain, and we did lose a section of the city, but I think maybe I'd either leave there, but during those nine months, as soon as there's a new villain on on the scene and the Joker's leaving videos, I'm like, I'm out. This isn't going to end. Yeah, but you brought it up earlier. I mean, Scarecrow's just bouncing around still, and I don't even know. It seems like he gets caught again and again and just gets released by whoever the new supervillain is. He's like, and I'm fucking back (laughs) in the game. I'm out again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, it seems like he's just selling drugs at the beginning. He's not doing anything too heinous at this point. He's just like a middleman. He's just a drug runner now. Um. Yeah, I don't even... Yeah, it seems like he was just selling that smoke at the beginning. Yeah, that's all he's about And now. then he's like, that's not Batman. He's like, oh, there he is. I know that guy. I've been locked up six times since then. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's an answer to it, but based off of, like, to piggyback off of your uh, what's going on in the Narrows... If you didn't get the cure to that, is your mind just lost forever? I would believe so. I would assume that like after like three days of not getting cured, your mind like remember when Rachel got a high dose and she was like maybe gonna like go insane? Like I'd assume a good amount of those people are are lost. Yeah, and I still say that's probably why Gotham has so many crazy villains. Um. Yeah. Uh. Bummer. You know. Get out of the narrows. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to say to you. I don't know. What do you think ever happened to that horse that he was riding? That he went rode away and was like, oh! also mad. Do you, you think they had a horse cure ready? No, Jordan. They didn't even think about those. That horse had to be put, that it's clue. It's clue now. It had to be put down. Um, can I give you still at the beginning of the movie? It's our mm-hmm. introduction to Harvey Dent. Yeah, which is a pretty big scene too. I. I actually really don't like that you should have bought an American gun, essentially. I hate that line maybe more than any line in the movie. Again, some of the early movie dialogue is bad. and like a lot, Most of the acting is great, but some of it is cheesy. Yeah, the dialogue's a little clunky, but you could say the same with really good movies. Like, Terminator 2 is awful dialogue. In fact, all, all of... Uh, all of James Cameron's <laughs> writing is very clunky, but sometimes, you know, you're not a dialogue person and that's fine. You make up for it in other places. Hire a dialogue and person. Have someone bump it up a bit. To me, it's like a superhero movie. So, like, I let it go. It really doesn't lean yeah, on I me mean, that much. It's for kids. I mean, potentially. I actually, so I thought about this. This is a question I had. So, this has got to be a PG 13 movie. Mm-hmm. The Joker, the, the, the newer version with Joaquin Phoenix's rated R, could you see or would you want to see a rated R Batman movie? Or would it just be too much? This has got to be close to it. Yeah, I mean, essentially, we get things like that with uh, the new the new Suicide Squad and with Deadpool. But I mean, his whole thing is he doesn't. But those really become R based off of the language. I mean, the violence pretty much stays. The, the new same. Suicide Squad got pretty gory and it was graphic, and I, that's why it also got rated up. But I mean, Batman is also just doesn't kill, so it doesn't really meet his ethos. So like, you know, ethos. So like. There'd be no reason to be that hard unless he just said fuck a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Robin, I, get I your fucking don't... ass over here. <laughs> Which might be funny. I don't know. Uh, it'd be funny if Bruce doesn't swear, but Batman swears real hard. <laughs> fucking look at me. Uh, I do have an animosity. Okay, so Bruce is sneaking around to investigate this company with Fox, and he's, and he's crashing a date to meet Dent. He knows these people, and they know he's Batman, and they trust him. Just tell him. Just set Wait, up. which part? Wait, I, I'm confused. Who knows who's Batman? Okay, so Fox and Fox and Rachel know Bruce is Batman. He wants yeah. to infiltrate that company, so he's being weird at the beginning with Fox and like setting up meetings. And same with Rachel. He just crashes their dinner date to kind of get to know Harvey. But he knows these people, and they trust him. Just, just ask for a meetup and be like, hey, Fox, here's what's going on. Wouldn't it be better just to include these people in what he's doing to make it go smoother? Oh, so Fox is obviously 
in on him being Batman. Yeah. That's just 100%. I've actually thought about this. So in the Batmans from when we were kids with the Alfred you like, we took that character in the Nolan ones and we split him into two people, the nurture and Alfred, which is, which is Michael Caine. But then like the logistical, like operations, Alfred, that's just Fox's character, which I kind of like, I kind of like that they split it up. I didn't think about that before I started rewatching for it. Obviously whatever's going on between him and Rachel is like some emotional he wants to one up and put. That's true. He is still just trying to like yeah. you know belittle of the guy. You forget I guess, Cameron. So. He's 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 not just a crazy billionaire. Uh, uh, no, he is uh, vigilante. <laughs> he's also just a spoiled rich kid that lost his parents and is like, I want my girl back. You know, I got like, you. Fuck you, Harvey Dent. Uh, but super lucky that he has a nice Mr. Fox to like invent his gadgets, take care of his company, and be super cool. You know, you really can't be Batman without him. Oh no, no, yeah, I mean. You, you In fact, if they didn't have that research development department, like he just couldn't be Batman. <laughs> yeah, no, he would just. Be... We do telecommunication, sir. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird, though. I think a lot of um, huge companies have a lot of military contracts, sure. so that kind of checks. It's very, 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 very convenient um, that Wayne uh, Enterprise has all these uh, superhero outfits just laying around. At corporate headquarters, it's not even True. in some like weird like offshoot. No, of it's just it. in the main building it's, downtown. It's just down in the basement. Go check it out; it's all there. Uh, and again, this one is very realistic, and they—I mean, it was a lot of practical effects. I mean, famously flipping the semi on uh, Lake Street or Wacker—I can't remember. But I, I think will it say goes on to Wacker. The, the skyhook is a believable idea, but I'm pretty sure a plane yanking you out of a building would just break your neck with whiplash. I mean, it's not going to be. It's not going to feel good. Wait, which part are you talking about? When Batman goes to uh, get Lee out of... Uh... Oh, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I actually have a kind of a real big question of that. Mm-hmm. It's a cool scene. The whole the whole heist is sweet. But Love the sequence. I love the ruse for the... for the That he goes with the Russian ballet. Mm-hmm. But I don't get why he gets so many people involved in his lies. He's a billionaire. He can just go somewhere if he wants to. Yeah, I was thinking that, that too. I don't think you need a huge cover story. Like, especially if you're already doing business with this company, like, you can just be on the go. I guess he just needed yeah. to charter that plane specifically, but just charter that plane specifically. Well, where did they pick him up in? How long was it? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I'm a little confused about that as well. But again, I think that might break your neck. I don't think you can do that. And then the second thing would also be just the the Batmobile just actually being pieces of of or the, the Bat bike being pieces of the Batmobile. I don't think functionally it could uh, detach that well, but it's cool. It's cool. It's a cool concept. No. Also, think about the conversation he had to have with Fox. It's like, hey, you got another one of those cars? And also, well, most importantly, it's like, hey, I had some co- ideas about this car that's not in development and no one's helping with it all. Uh, I wanted to deconstruct like a transformer. Um, how do you feel about the motorcycle? I'm, I'm neither for nor against it. Uh, I'd be, it's a nice... I'm terrified that that cape's going to get caught in there and it's going to yank me. Oh, yeah. He's, I think that the whole time. He's just he's dancing with down. choking. <laughs> We've all seen The Incredibles. You don't make a cape with a superhero. No, especially when you have the, that, that type of situation going on all the time. No, that's risky. I do have an animosity with uh, Batman slash Bruce Wayne's motorcycle choices. Okay. I don't like that he goes into the uh, like subway and the convention center or whatever with all those people. Wait. When he goes into the, he like drives through like oh the tile yeah. There. I mean, same with the first movie. He causes a lot of damage and doesn't make like the safest choices. Again, as you said though, these are the choices of a billionaire. And even Alfred's like, "Hey, you kind of like hey. blew up a lot." And he's like, "It was Rachel Alfred. She's downstairs. I roofied her." <laughs> yeah. And we're st- hey, you still got my anti-roofie pills? Do you still got that? Yeah. Where'd I put that? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Also, I would really like to talk about this question how is bruce getting a fingerprint from a bullet oh yeah i definitely have that i've never gotten what they're doing and i don't get why they're shooting six rounds to find the fingerprint no so it seems like he's recreating the bullet to be able to lift the image of the fingerprint but he already has the brick Uh, how did he recreate the bullet that's what i don't get either what was the point of reshooting all those bricks with different ammo like i just don't get it. it it looks very scientific <laughs> does it i don't, I don't know. know what it yeah that always confused me i'm like hey cool good for you way to go um i have no idea what happened still don't rewatched it 
for this view for this uh this podcast i don't know what happens if you're out there let us know because it it still doesn't make sense it seems unnecessary but i think you're just showing us that you know he has gadgets he has science see that that's that aspect of our version of batman but don't ask us how what he's doing yeah at that point there's a lot of points within the movie where um Alfred's like, mm, this isn't good. This isn't good what we're doing here. This is all bad stuff. I don't like this guy. I mean, it continues um, into but the that's third where movie, he gets though. To... Like, when he's like, I really wish you'd quit. I really, I dream that you would quit. <sighs> yeah, you really, really scare me. And I live with you in this manner, and I don't like it. But that's where you got to uh, tell us some people just like to watch the world burn. So that was fun. Yeah, that's a good speech. That's true. Uh, I have an animosity. Uh, Gordon couldn't let his wife know, at least, that he's alive or get some word to him i get he's trying to protect them but uh how many days was he gone before he just showed up at the doorstep what would he I mean, do if he's just like there and like an officer friend's three... banging his wife and he's like i thought you were gone they had a funeral for him right i believe so so maybe not no did the paperwork that he... he's at the so mayor how... he's but... at like the mayor's funeral when or the commissioner's funeral when he gets shot but they had to um declare him dead right yeah it was at least a, at least a day Hey, it's easy for like billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne to come back from the dead, but uh, 100K a year tops, not even Commissioner Gordon yet. It's going to be a lot harder to do that paperwork. Yeah, well. Not not as many people helping you out. Jordan, the department's already dirty, though. You're assuming they even did any paperwork. For, I mean, I, they might have just said, like, he's dead, not filed anything. It's confusing how openly and widespread the corruption is that everybody still, everywhere. Though, still, still. No, but they're all like, I can't trust anybody. Nobody can trust anybody. I can't trust you. I can't trust you. Batman only trusts Gordon. Mm-hmm. And Gordon trusts nobody. He's like, what do you want me to do? Work with nobody? Of course I'm going to go with these bad guys. They're my coworkers. <laughs> I don't know why they put... I mean, I get. I know why Bruce wants Harvey Dent to be the hero, but I don't know why they put such wild trust in him. Because as depicted, he just seems like a politician to me. Yeah, he's he doesn't a wild seem card. like this. But he doesn't even he doesn't even seem super virtuous in reality, like in what they show me. He just seems like a high achieving climbing politician. Yeah, type. I mean, like even an early example Ambition. of that is like he wastes a bunch of time to like. So after the commissioner's dead and there's those gunshots and he takes that that crazy person hostage in the ambulance. He wastes hours driving that guy to a secluded place to warn Rachel, you're next. This is the moment where you're probably going to be taken. Like, why wouldn't you just do that first? That's a psychotic decision. Um, yeah, I think I suppose they're nodding to us that, you know, underneath the surface, he can be corrupt and goes super corrupt. Yeah, like pretty fast. Like, in fact, I don't, like this is jumping to the end, but like, why is he going after Gordon so hard? Like, I guess that he was just in an... And on some of the plans, but like you're the guy that turned yourself in and made yourself a giant target. Like no one, no one made you do that. Yeah, but at that point, we're at the feeling fine portion of the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's kind of cut the he's kind of cut the thread. He's not like he doesn't even kill Ramirez, and she's maybe the guiltiest one in the party. You know, he does hit her, and that was for him. He really <laughs> wanted to hit her. I did. I did notice in this viewing that after they put this is after. After Harvey's in the armored car mm-hmm. and they realize, oh, Batman's back, he's safe, Gordon's alive. Mm-hmm. Once they, I, I noticed Mira's really lingers. They linger on Ramirez a little bit after she puts Dent in the back of the car that obviously takes him to the. Yeah, they do a little scenario. obvious foreshadowing in retrospect that you can kind of see. I, ne- I never noticed it, though. No, not, not in the time, but I mean, it. viewing back, you can. I like a long movie, but you could cut some stuff out of this, you know, as good as. As good as it is, there's stuff you could cut out. I don't know where. I agree, and I, I think the next one's longer, so this will not be a comment uh, You know that you hear once. I want to go back to um, some of the things I really like about the Joker, mm-hmm. or about Heath his portrayal. Yeah, his voice nailed it. Yeah, it's creepy, it's funny. It's super funny, but there's two distinct things I like, and this isn't big to the character, but it's after he... Um, he makes his proposals to the mob people. It's like, hey, that guy's going to squeal. Batman's going to get him. If you want to deal with somebody, deal with me. Mm-hmm. And then when they're like, do you just expect us to give oh. you all our money? He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't know why the mob deals with the Joker, though. Somebody should have just killed him. I don't get it at all. The moment he does like, the pencil trick and kills one of your guys, who you assume if he's at that table is higher up, you're just going to shoot that guy. He's insane. Yeah, but on top of that, even... um, Jesus, I don't even know what character is anymore. It's not Falcone, but there's a portion where... Yeah, when Moretti comes up... Where Maroney comes up later to Gordon, he's like, hey, this is enough of this. Somebody's got to take care of this Joker. It's like, you guys, you guys have been in the room. Just shoot him. Just kill him. What? You've had a bunch of opportunity. You have his contact. You can get him in a room. Tell Gordon to meet him at this place and just shoot him. Easy peasy. Yeah, it's so, it's so confusing that it gets that far. Like, Batman should kill him. I know he's got his moral code. Somebody should have killed him. He's out and about. Yeah. With such a corrupt police force, somebody should have killed him in there. Somebody should have fucking killed him. <laughs> I have an animosity. This is when they capture the Joker later, but you can't throw him in a holding cell with a bunch of people. And also, nobody did a pat down on that crazy guy with that lump in his stomach to see if there was a bomb in him. That's a huge oh, yeah. mess. Like A lot of his, pro- his plans could have easily turned sideways. And there's several times, like even the beginning of the movie, where he could have just gotten shot, and then that's the end of the movie. Like he, but it, he does say in the movie, "I don't really have a plan," and it does kind of feel like that sometimes that he's just lucky chaos. No, I agree with that. But they all come to fruition. They really all come together. They really the do. They always come together, um, except for the boat thing. Yeah, the most ridiculous one is probably the holding cell. A million things had to go right there for him. Yeah, yeah, that guy getting into it. Yeah, they should have seen that there was a contusion or whatever. But the the real animosity there is how he gets out of the holding cell. Why would anybody be there in there with him? You're in a padded locked room. Yeah, that, they have that one cop just standing on the inside, monitor from the outside. I don't even get this. Yeah, or it, it doesn't make. Any oh, you want to know a sneak? You want to know a sneaky? Uh, even though it's an iconic shot when he's sitting in the middle of the cell, just like looking at straight, kind of Norman Batesy a little bit, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I would have made him take off his makeup. I'd be like, hey, wash that fucking makeup off. <laughs> We're going to wash you that off your face. makeup here. Yeah, here, go. Go wash that off. We're going to wash you. Should we get to the biggest animosity I think everybody has? What's that? Charitable donation scene. Uh, what do you, the campaigning scene for Harvey Dent. Okay. Great, great scene. Everybody likes it. I like the how'd I get these scars. Everybody likes those I stories. I like that it changes like each time. <clears throat> yeah, what a, what a wacky guy that guy is. What a joker. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but I don't like... Uh, Batman falls from like the 20th story and lands on a car and everybody's fine with him and Rachel. Yeah. That's the biggest animosity of the movie. I don't get that it's at all. It's just spelunking or like combat armor. Like it still would take an impact. Also like... Uh, <sighs> I get that he really cares about Rachel, but he couldn't have like while going past the Joker pushed him to or like tied him up to or like anything to while he's jumping or shoot one of those uh, ropes that pull everybody up from the ankle that he has all the time. That's what I'm saying. Like That's your move. Like you didn't do that then while you're going by him. Easy peasy. This movie could have been solved early on. So that's twofold, though. Also, at the end of that. We never get resolved what happens up there. Did Joker kill a bunch of people? Did he just take the elevator just back took down? took the elevator down. Didn't, He's didn't, like, well, Batman's gone. I don't want to be here anymore. Didn't a single person. Uh, question to you. You're on the passenger boat. Do you try to at least make a petition to blow up that prisoner boat? Would have blown him up immediately. Here's how my movie would have happened. Mm. And this is, I think, what Joker wanted. It would have been two simultaneous uh, Explosions. <laughs> Or, like, at least while the Joker's explaining it, like, one's already blowing up. But, I mean, one, you would assume (laughs) since there's cops on both, or, like, military on both boats, that, like, they wouldn't allow any sort of democratic, you know, voting, or they would just get it upstairs immediately. Because you would assume a prisoner boat, that'd be overpowered, and they'd blow it pretty quick. My guess is the prisoner boat, if it was more realistic, would have broken out to a riot real quick. I also assume, I guess, they would have been, like, tied up, or maybe they can't be chained on a boat or something. I don't know rules. Mm, I bet they could be I bet they could be cuffed anyway right they're prisoners mm, yeah I guess I mean I guess you would need them to be I, I don't know how um, fragile the activation the, the, the bomb thing is that you can push mm-hmm. right oh I could easily see that just also not working like it looks pretty flimsy Oh, I was going to say when the prisoner throws it out the window I'm like Jesus bud like that might actually be a little more careful <laughs> yeah. with that 
Yeah, I don't know if that's the way we should go about it. Just take the key out. Throw the key. Yeah, just take the key out. Would have been a happy accident for him, though, if it like he threw it out and then all of a sudden you heard, boom. <laughs> and it's like, oh, shit. Hey, their boat erupts into applause. I get that the whole Big Brother spying from everybody's phone isn't good, and that's why you know Fox wants to step away. But that's a pretty handy tool for Batman to have uh, throughout the city of Gotham. I can tell you this much. If that was the R-rated version, you would see a lot more things going on. That's true. The <laughs> that's all I was thinking. I'll be honest, that confused me a little bit, too. We're taking echolocation ha- sound from everybody's phone to map. No, no, no. I understood what they told me. I I, I took the words and I, I put them in my brain. I'm like, how's that? How'd you find Joker? How many cell phones are up in that uh, with the goons and all him? Joker probably, if anything, has a flip phone, right? He doesn't have a smartphone. I mean, I guess essentially be like going through a video game and just flying through the map looking at every character till he found him. Okay, at the end when Batman's going through the high rise and he's taking out the SWAT team and trying to protect, like, the hostages are the like are the gunmen and vice versa. How hard is it for Batman to send that signal to police radios quickly or to Gordon, who's his main man, being like, Hey, it's a switcheroo. Go for the go for like the the gun or like the hostages. And also, as a cop, I get that it's hard to be on Batman's side when there's a good chance he'll beat the shit out of me too or hit me with his car if I'm just in his way or just like uh, uh, not privy to his plan. You know, he beats the shit out of that whole SWAT team. He runs over a bunch of cops in the first movie. Oh, yeah, and. A lot's going on. He's he's relying on the fact that this is probably going to work. Yeah. They're all probably going to... They're not going to fall 40 feet to their death. Yeah, that was super lucky. I do like how this is a complete... It's, it's primarily set all in the city. Mm-hmm. It feels so much more... Chicago. Chi- well, not only Chicago, but just realistic than the last one. With all the practical effects, but I mean... We don't have any big overshots of the city as well with that CGI. So, like, just there there are no, like, need for any of those visual effects in this one, you know? No, but if you remember Wayne Manor, or, the, or sorry, the Wayne building in the first mm-hmm. one was complete CGI, and that train system looked futuristic and not modern. Right. I like that it was much more practical. But to that point, I have a question for you. And this is, like, not an animosity, because it doesn't ruin the movie for mm-hmm. me, but with all these great practical effects how do you feel about the depiction of two-face quite obviously being cgi are you with it i thought about that too but from christopher nolan's explanation essentially was he didn't want to have a bunch of prosthetics that would clearly make the face bulge out like it had in the past and he wanted to go for a more realistic depiction at the time i was i mean it looked better when it came out but i don't know it's obviously going to age worse but i like that it's more maybe if it was just like they could have just done facial burns without it like being like piece of his would, piece of his face missing. I would have liked a practical or, effect. Yeah, I would have liked a practical effect, especially since that's like his calling card. But I get it. Whatever. No, I think I agree with you though. If they just would have done like burn makeup, it didn't even have to be like super extreme. But if like half his face is red, kind of thing, you know, that could have been enough if we're keeping it grounded. It's not a Mount Rushmore, and don't get me wrong, his face was half gone. He was going through a lot of emotional distress. Mm-hmm. But do you think that? The only character that went from good to bad more quickly was Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, there wasn't much holding their white knight together, it seems. Like, he wasn't going to be their white knight much, much longer. A couple months in, that guy's getting corrupted. Yeah, yeah. It would have ended, maybe not if it's scandal, but like, you know, he was corruptible because he's a man. Just like anybody's corruptible. I mean, Bruce is... He's not a symbol. Corruptible as well. No, he's not. He's not. I will be honest. I am confused by the end why he has to go into that, hiding. That is my biggest. When one, yeah, I don't get it. Because him and Gordon and everybody, the establishment knows. Why don't they just say what happened? That is my biggest animosity. So they don't want to besmirch his name so that they can still keep his legacy going, Harvey Dent's. But I don't understand why they can't. So essentially, they're like, he killed a few cops. And we can't sweep that under the rug. But if you're already going to lie and say Batman did it, why don't you just say that just blame it the, on the Joker, Joker did it? It's so easy. It doesn't even make any fucking yeah, sense. Yeah, they were already they were informants of the Joker. They were loose ends. <clears throat> the Joker's men killed them kind of vibe. You could just lie and say that, still have Batman. And then you could even say, like, if you're not trying to disp- like bring down Harvey Dent's name, just say he succumbed from his burn injuries. He died because of his significant yeah, he- half-missing face. 
Well, think about all these lies you could use. He blew up in the uh, the hospital. Yeah, just didn't, we didn't get him Easy out. Peasy. The Joker killed him. Boom. We, we've got we don't want to give him a there. win, so I get why we might ignore that, but even so, it could work. One of the corrupt police force killed him. Boom. Whatever. Why, why blame Batman? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Batman killed him? Or you could also say he died while Batman tried to save him. Yeah, something like that. I mean, or just like, like closer just, to the it, warehouse explosion. Like, it was a trap. Batman only saved one person. Oh, Batman couldn't save any of them. Okay, I, but still, there, there, there are options in there. Yeah, there's more wiggle room than, than, than they gave us. Um, I get it. It's a cool, it's a cool line. What the Dark Knight thing he's at the end? The, he's not the hero we need. Yeah, the dark. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Everybody does, but it also just doesn't make sense where we're going. Yeah, it is confusing. Seems like probably a lot of crime. I mean, we'll get to it in the next movie, obviously, but. Seems like they could have used a Batman still. (laughs) Harvey Dent at the end when he shoots Batman before trying to kill Gordon's family. You gotta know to try at least to shoot Batman in the face. It's the only part of him that's exposed. Why would you shoot him in his armor-plating stomach? Like You gotta know that's not gonna do anything. That's all, though. In his defense, his face is half burnt off. He's in (laughs) agonizing pain and not taking any meds for it. (laughs) You wanna know sneaky animosity? Uh Sure, your face is whatever, and I don't believe that you can live through that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. How'd you get your suit back? Where'd yeah, I thought about from? that, too. I mean, especially because the hospital blows up, and I don't think all that stuff would be, like, in his room, so he would have had to go... I think the suit would already be gone. Yeah, you'd assume they'd get rid of it. Maybe it's evidence, but it's definitely not easily obtainable before that hospital blows up. It's also, I did think about this plan. when they said the line um, that he's in like excruciating pain. He's not taking meds. If just the rest of the movie was him, ah, just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very bad. I mean, I don't know how he got after. I guess he was just gone crazy. He's just mad. Just going on with madness. He could have ended it right there. Joker was pre- prepared to get shot in the face. Yeah, probably would have just ended his tirade there, too. If he could, still, you know, might still get Ramirez, but... I mean, there's so many nuances of his role. Then he'd be here, uh, be like, oh, before the hospital blew up, I killed he, Joker. I killed him. <laughs> I shot him. Shot him in the face, and then we blew up together. Yeah, no one would even know. I mean, overall, this is obviously a great movie. It's why we're doing the franchise. This one in particular, Heath Ledger's performance is good in it. Everybody, uh, let us know if there's anything we miss in this category or we, you specifically like. Make sure to hit us up on social media. But we're going to move it on to recasting. Recasting. All right, we're going to try not to repeat things from last week. Uh, If you're interested, though, again, go back, listen to Batman Begins. Let's start off with Fox. Um, Last week, I did Lawrence Fishburne. This week, I'm going to do Danny Glover. Wouldn't have even thought about that. But yeah, nice. That works. I don't know. He's kind of, he, he has a gentle voice. Support, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a soft voice. Whispery. It is soft. Yeah. Um, I did kind of a layup as well. Not as well, but I think um, I, w- I was trying to not do it the whole time, but I ended up doing Samuel L. Jackson. I thought about it. I might have done. No, I did. No, I did Lawrence Fishburne last week. Yeah, I, th- Lawrence I thought about him. Really, it's next week. I'm kind of running out, and some of those are going to be... I'm going to have some wild cards next week, I think. I got wild cards this week, I think. Nice. Uh, Let's move on to Gordon. I like mine. Uh, He does move on to play the Joker, but Joaquin Phoenix as as the commissioner. Well, or lieutenant. Oh, that's not bad. I didn't didn't think about him at all. Right? He could definitely do it. Yeah, he has the chops. I think he'd be great. Um... I've got a weird one. Yeah, I think he'd be good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's weird though, just to talk about Joker. How? Well, I guess we'll get there in a second, so I won't talk about it now. Um, I went kind of a, a, a looks like surprise, surprise. Uh, but I want to get him in here somewhere, and I don't know if I nailed it. But Sam Rockwell. Oh yeah, I actually had him down as an option. I don't know about yeah, because I because last week I believe I had Edward Norton, and it's the same kind of like small framed. I don't want to say Weasley because I like them both, but you know. Well, kind of what I like about what I like about Sam Rockwell is he plays frazzled and burnt out pretty well, and doesn't that feel kind of what the Gordon role is? Yeah, I like that. Against it, I like that. The only thing is, and and I'm for it. Uh, let him rip and add some more humor to the character. I don't yeah. know if he I mean needs these movies. I mean but... there is humor in it. I mean even the Joker himself is kind of funny, so it wouldn't be misplaced having a little more in there. 
Oh, when I was thinking about Sam Rockwell, uh, Beetlejuice. Didn't say it then if I did or if I didn't, but he'd be a great Beetlejuice. Oh, that actually is. I think you might have, but that is great Beetlejuice. Nice. All right. What's next? Uh, let's move it on to Rachel. Last week I did Emily Blunt. Uh, we can kind of riff on this one because she disappears after this movie. But uh, Charlize Theron. Oh, I don't mind that. I, uh, I mean, I don't think their recasting necessarily looked overly alike. I don't think Maggie Gyllenhaal and Katie Holmes are too similar. So I feel like it could kind of go anywhere. But let's also say you can just go off the rails on this one. Doesn't have to be from like a Katie Holmes type. Um, I definitely. I don't know what happened, why they recast him. I don't remember if there was creative differences or... I think it was just when she was having turmoil with Tom Cruise. and she Well, she left to do another movie with that I can't remember. I did have it written down somewhere, but I think she just made another choice then took a break from acting after it. I did Rachel McAdams. Oh, I had Amy Adams. I could see... Yeah, that, 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 that works as an option. Rachel um, McAdams makes sense. My, my, the main option I was going to maybe go with today was Zoe Saldana. I don't know. I thought of her, but spoiler alert, I'm going to use her next week. Oh, well, look forward to that. For someone else. I wonder who it's going to well, be. Well, she's but... not in the next week. She's gone. She's talked about. Nope. It. But Zoe Saldana is going to be in it. Okay, cool. <laughs> For what it's worth, uh, I, I know I may have said this. I like Maggie Gyllenhaal, and I know that some people, she rubs the wrong way. I think she does well in the role, and I think she, she does fine. Yeah, she's fine. I don't dislike her i just don't find her overly like leading actress attractive in a lot of like romantic roles. sure but this isn't like a leading role I mean, yeah it's, it's a very supportive i mean she's lead love interest i suppose i, I suppose know. okay i get you i get you let's do harvey dent and the joker since those ones will be disappearing we can riff on them let's start with harvey dent i gotta say my main man and for once i feel like you can back me on this john ham so I did think about that in preparation, but I'm like, I actually think John Hamm would be a really good one. Um, politician like jaw, square jaw similarities. Better right? actor possibly than Eric Eckhart as well. So I think it would be an improvement. I think they're, I think they're kind of similar. Yeah, they are. They're super similar, but I think he's better. Like I probably. think there's some similar. I don't think Aaron Eckhart's like. I don't think he's like bad, a bad actor. actor. No, um, mine is a looks like but never got his chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doing Scott Bakula, baby. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I know that that's not even good, but I'm saying it. I wrote it down and I'm not going back. You know, I'll put him somewhere less minor, like he's the mayor of Gotham or something, you know? He's just, um, oh, the yeah. mayor Scott Bakula. Hey, things aren't going good here. Oh, oh he could have oh, done just he could have done just as well as Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> True. True. Okay. Uh, I also had, what do you think about this? The, these two, I think would be major step up, uh, Matt Damon. So I contemplated Matt Damon, a lot of places, and I think he could have played so many roles, but what I think doesn't work is he's too recognizable. And I think that's the reason Ben Affleck as a star, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck didn't work to me as Batman. You're like, it's Ben Affleck. Okay. Then you might not it's like George my, my Josh, Josh Brolin. Then what do you think about him? No, Josh Brolin's fine. I don't think he's the same star level. Okay, okay. I think Matt Damon could do great as like a kind of a Weasley lawyerish, like DA, virtuous kind of seeming guy who turns. I think he does. I mean, I I I think there's many instances in it uh, that he would do great in it. Uh, Go to the Adjustment Bureau, that character, Mm -hmm. and then you mix it with um, uh, the Departed, his prickish character. There you go. Yeah, that's essentially what I'm saying. He, He would do it well. I just think that. He would jump off the screen as Matt Damon in this movie, and I don't know why that is. No, I get it. The star power of it. So I got the... Well, I'll do my Alfred because I like it. Mm-hmm. It's Billy Connolly, baby. Oh. Let it rip. Yeah. I actually fun. think that one's good. Yeah, I like that. It'd be a little more cheeky, but that's what we want from Alfred in this role, right? Just trying to get someone I don't do all the time. I've nailed two Alfreds. Just yeah, no, not bad. Last week, I had Anthony Hopkins. This week, I'm doing Donald Sutherland. He does sometimes seems a little too harsh, but I feel like he has, he does have a gentle side of his voice that could be. I think people have seen him depicted as a villain a lot more, but when he was younger, he 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 played a lot of different roles. I think that could work. I think people would have a tough time now differentiating. I get that, not my best, but again, same with Anthony Hopkins. You're really picking guys to play villains. I don't know, man. It's hard for me. All right, with that, let's move it on to the Joker. I'm just going to throw away my big one right away and say Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. If I remember, there were rumors at the time that he was up for the role, and I know people kind of wanted him casted in it, but... 
It'd be different. It'd, it's, be, it'd be a different take it, on it. It's hard to say. He could do it, right? Mm-hmm. It just would be different. And we've never seen him play a full-fledged character like that. Uh, I suppose the closest is probably uh, Django Unchained, right? Yeah. He's normally the leading man, so can he? does he have the range to do support like that? I don't know. Yeah, it would be I'd different. So. I think he could pull it off. For the reason, and, and I was going to say this when we brought up Joaquin Phoenix, it's weird how the Joker became this actor's actor's role, like mm-hmm. such a great character to play. I don't know if I necessarily like every movie he's done, but for that reason, I would like to see what Daniel Day-Lewis does with it. Okay. Just full commitment into however he portrays the Joker. Do you want it like the Joker style, or do you want it like this style with Danny Day-Lewis? Uh, this style. Okay. I want to see him in this. The only thing is, I've never seen him be that funny. True. Or play humorous. So I think it might just be too dark. It's going to be very dark. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be very dark. It'll be committed and over the top. I guess there will be blood is, is, is a pretty loud character. And then obviously gangs in New York, Bill the Butcher is over, over, over the top. Mm-hmm. So let it rip. And then here's my what if. Mm-hmm. I just think Philip Seymour Hoffman could do about anything. Oh, that was, so I'd like that to was see maybe who I was going to lead off with. I think it would be, we say him a lot. We do give him a lot of cred, but he was a great actor and he could play this funny and very dark. It'd be, a, yeah. I think, a very realistic, good portrayal, much like, uh, much like Heath Ledger. I almost would have liked him. I, I really would have liked to see him. And it'd be funny to see a chubby Joker. Uh, I'm also going to say another guy we say all the time, but Michael Shannon. He was the villain in Man of Steel. Uh, I don't know. I think he's just a good actor. I don't think it'd be over. I don't know. I don't know if it'd go far enough. I mean, he, yeah, it, it'd be interesting. It's He's sneaky, a little off funny, too. Yeah, that's true. He was Goose in... Uh, Pearl Harbor. He was pretty funny in that. Oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yep. Yeah, so he has he has different aspects of him. Uh, with that, let's move it on to Bruce Wayne. Last week, I kind of blew my big one with Ethan Hawke, and Mark took my number two, which was going to be Adam Driver. Uh, the Adam Driver one I never thought of, and I like that. I actually think he could probably play a pretty good Joker as well. Yeah, uh, I, I see him as a better Bruce for some reason. Uh, I, I'm going to go, this that. is maybe kind of weird, and I don't know if you're, it's going to be a star power thing, I think, again with you, but Ryan Gosling. It's what I wrote down, but I also teamed it up with uh, Rachel McAdams. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, I, well, if we're both doing the same thing, I love it. I definitely think he could do that. Um, yeah, he's a big star, but like you said, Bruce is like, his origin story compared to some other superheroes is i guess complex because his parents got killed i mean everyone's parents get not killed much anyways. within the scenes it's looking like batman and it's looking like a billionaire yeah could he do that yeah of course and again i don't think the writing's crazy good in these i think it's something that he could handle delivering yeah i th- i think he could easily play batman and i i don't know if he was on the short list you know, with a million people. I'm excited for my Batman slash Bruce Wayne next week, guys. I'm going to have to update this because I, I did a few, but I'm, I'm going to definitely need maybe some better options. Uh, we, of course, have to end it here because we have one more movie to go. Dark Knight Rises to recast some of these characters. Let us know what you thought of our recasting, who you might want to see in this movie. But we're going to move it on to Mount Rushmore. Top four. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Top four. Mount Rushmore top four. This week we're doing best movie openers. Uh, doesn't specifically have to be action movies, but mine does kind of lean that way. Uh, Jordan, we're going to start with you. What's your number one? Um, I think this. I, I don't know in any particular order, but I I I thought of it going into this. I'm going Scream. Oh, interesting. It's definitely on my list. I mean, they have the surprise of Drew Barrymore. We think she's the main character, and they kill her. But it is like now, just like. A famous, iconic, scary movie yeah. segment, you know? It was parried th- so many times. And, and I think what's going to be common in all these ones we say is that it sets the tone for the entire movie. Yeah. And, or maybe flips it on your script, in this case, what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Uh, I'm starting off uh, setting a serious tone. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. The D-Day Ooh, scene. That's a good one. It, it's super action-packed. It really does set the tone for the movie. That's a movie in of itself, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's like a half an hour sequence. It's 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 epic. Yeah, it's super epic. You can't go wrong with that. That's that's actually probably better than Scream. But Band of Brothers has been all over my suggestions recently on I think Netflix. I've been thinking about diving back in. Never finished the Pacific. I'm torn because there's so many good ones. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to say more iconic ones, but um, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to go in Glorious Bastards. It's such a good opening scene. Mm. I it, thought about it that. Introduces it introduces the Hans Lander character and sets the tone of the movie so well. And I know there's a million I'm going to do in this uh, honorable this mention. Whatever, but God, that that that's such a good scene. No, that's a good one. Mine's also With such be... a good character as well. That's probably one of the best villains as well. Yeah, that's actually up there. I'm going to throw out an interesting option here. I'm actually going to say Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the heist at the beginning, but it, it's where we introduce the music and it's a dance sequence with him. But it kind of sets, the, again, the tone that it's going to be more of a humorous thing. Um, I I truly don't remember it enough to like to back it up. I, I, I know I've seen the movie, but it has been... It has been a while, so I'd have to to read on that. That's fair. It's when he's like trying to steal something, and then he starts his. I disc think man. I get it. It, it. it like sets his character up, and I remember the dancing stuff. But it it's been a bit since I've seen that movie. That's fair. Honest. Well, with that, we have our honorable mentions. What else you got on the top of your head? So this was almost gonna make mine, and I, I really contemplated it. But Raiders of the Lost Ark introduction yeah. to Indiana Jones. I mean, I should have put that in. In all honesty, it was on my list. I thought you were gonna say it, which is why I was just kind of staying away from it. But it probably deserved to be on there. It it, it really does. Um, yeah. I mean, you you jump into the action. You've got so many things going on there. I'm just gonna throw around. out g- generic Mission Impossibles. I mean, they all start with like a big job. I'm also Six. gonna throw out just. James Bond, I specifically Casino Royale and Spectre were on a lot of lists I was looking Casino at. Casino Royale is the one that stands out to me because we introduced this new gritty Bond right. and then have that action sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaws. Jaws is on a lot of people's lists. Yeah, I saw that one. That makes sense. Um, I saw this one. This isn't my own thoughts, uh, but Lion King, and I got to agree with it. The Circle Life, I mean, it's iconic as shit. It's a big song. Uh, this you might like. It's just the introduction of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I forget who the other guy is, but in the other guys, the two cops that die. <laughs> that that is one of the funniest film jokes of all time. Aim is the, the movie bushes. that great? <laughs> yeah, that the, aim for the bushes. Just it just nails for me. I think that's one of the funniest ones. Uh, I saw Goodfellas shows up on a lot of lists. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, that makes Since sense. Since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a gangster, and then he stabs somebody quite a bit. The dichotomy between the two. Go back and see this episode. I was happy to see one last Speed thing. This on is just cho- what what one of the most iconic beginnings of all. Two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Is it my favorite? No, but it is. You know, it's two thousand one. Don't Space get Odyssey. what the baby bah, means at the end. Bah. I'm still trying to piece it together. I don't. I don't. I'll tell you what, though. Cosmic Out baby. of all his films, it is amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful to depict- look at. Yeah, the actual like film itself is crazy. The way they depict space travel in that. Two year, I guess that's why everybody says you know he faked the landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. Something I was happy to see on the list. Go back and see this movie, Speed, the elevator bomb opening to introduce our character. Oh, shout out! Yeah, Speed is fucking awesome. In fact, go back and listen to our Speed. Maybe we'll just redo Speed sometime for fun. Yeah, at least go back and just watch Speed. It's a great movie. Well, well that I think it's w- relatively short. Too. It's not the longest movie. Yeah, uh, the bus that couldn't stop. Well, Cans. with that, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks for listening to our take on The Dark Knight. Make sure you check out The Dark Knight Rises for the next episode. Stay up to date. If you like what you heard, make sure you like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Rate and review. Be sure to tell friends and family. Get the cult to grow. If you like what you heard and you want more content, make sure to hit up the entire Majestic Jam network. I'm Not Crazy, Urban Hermit, and the Highwire Podcast. Until then, we'll check out the next one. Bye. Bye.